It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, let's preview the Utah Jazz game. That's right. Basketball is back. Regular season games, these seeding games that do matter, are starting today, and they're going to run through these next few weeks before we get to the postseason. The Oklahoma City Thunder are in action on Saturday at 2.30 Central Time to take on the Utah Jazz, a game that should have been played the night the NBA stopped, but we all know the story that happened there. So we're going to preview that game. We're going to go through the entire schedule and give final win-loss projections for those games. We're going to set new expectations for the Oklahoma City Thunder inside of the bubble, and I'm going to give you my top five non-Oklahoma City Thunder-related games from inside the bubble. But we start with the Jazz preview, and this game's going to matter. Uh, These games are going to matter. Uh, We can start here with this preview. There's, um, after such anticipation for these games, we finally get to game day. We finally get to a day in which uh, there are real NBA basketball games to be played tonight. And the new hot take is, well, these these are just going to be a continuation of the scrimmages. No one's really going to matter. There's no home court. There is no home court. That's right. And for the, for the Bucks, for the Lakers, for the Clippers, maybe even for the Nuggets, it won't matter. Uh, these games, they will not be trying their hardest. Uh, if I was the Lakers, I personally wouldn't play AD tonight. Uh, he's, he's dealing with an eye injury. I would just tell him to take the night off. If I'm the Lakers and I have somebody banged up, I'm going to tell them to take the night off. But just because there's no home court doesn't mean that these eight games don't matter. These eight games still matter a ton when you especially look at the middle of the West. Forget the play-in games. Forget the chance that we see John Zion going in a play-in style basketball playoff round for the first time ever. Forget about that. Just talk about the middle of the pack in the West. You can go from the four-seeded Jazz to the seven-seeded Mavericks in a week. Just a couple of games, and you go from the four-seed to the seven-seed. For the Thunder, uh, you know, you go from the five-seed, uh, you could go anywhere to from the seven-seed to the three-seed. Now, the three-seed's very unlikely, and the seven-seed, I think, is very unlikely. So you're really talking about moving from six, five, four. That's a big difference. Again, home court is not a thing this year, but matchups are. You think the Dallas Mavericks, who are right now at seven at seventh in the West, you think that they're not going to take tomorrow when, or tonight whenever they play the Houston Rockets. You think they're not going to take that game. You think they're not going to uh, put full force intensity on that game because every win for them matters because they want to avoid playing the L.A. Clippers, which if they stay in the seventh seed, they will play the L.A. Clippers, who I think is a nightmare matchup for anyone in the West. So why... Is that the hot take to have right now of these games don't matter? For the Lakers and Bucks, if that's all you care about, yeah, the game does not matter at all. These eight games do not matter. And whenever the, the Lakers and Clippers match up later on uh, tonight, you're going to see uh, you're not going to get the the uh, 
intensity that you want. You're just not. But for every other team, these games matter. Even out east, you see the the Celtics trying to catch up to the to the Raptors. There there are different scenarios where a, a misseeding here or a misseeding there changes the matchup. Of course, they're not going to come to Chesapeake Energy Arena, and, and we're not going to have a, a packed house to try to lift the Thunder to a win. Uh, that's not going to happen. But uh, you know, you you can play your way out of playing the Clippers, uh, and you can play your way uh, and maintain yourself away from that Clippers matchup. Or, if you don't take these eight games seriously, if you try to lose these eight games for whatever reason, if you're, if you're treating these games like a scrimmage, you could fall from five to seven, and your first-round matchup is the Clippers, who I think is the only team uh, in that first round you can't beat. Again, the eight seed is out for the Thunder. They're not going to slide to eight. They can slide to seven. And if they slide to seven... Uh, they're not going to make it out of the first round. The streak of not making it out continues since Kevin Durant left. So these eight games matter. Don't don't make any bones about that. Uh, don't let the hot takes fool you. People have to have a take. We've wanted these games for so long. They're finally here, and people need to say something. And when people need to say something, they oftentimes say something stupid. These eight games matter. For every team outside of three, these eight games matter. So uh, don't let the home court factor fool you. Uh, again, it's not to play. It's not for the right to play at Chesapeake. It's for the right to play Houston instead of the Clippers. The right to play Dallas instead of the Clippers. The right to play Utah instead of the Clippers. It's to avoid different matchups you don't like. And, and that goes for the, the Rockets, the Thunder, the Mavericks. And, of course, you have on the back end people trying to get to play-in games like the, like the uh, Trailblazers and the Pelicans. You, these games matter for everyone outside of the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Bucks. That's just how it is. Uh, don't let anyone fool you. So let's dive in to this Jazz preview. Uh, so this, of course, was the game that, that got the NBA sort of, sort of canceled. They were already leaning that way, and then when, when Rudy Gobert comes up positive, they had to halt this game, not play it, uh, finish out the games that night, which was pretty funny to watch uh, the Mavericks and Nuggets play after the season was already postponed. Uh, but this game got it postponed. And since then, the Jazz are now without Boyang Bogdanovich, uh, who is out this bubble for uh, an injury. And he was really the source of their offense. I think if you're the Jazz, that's got to worry you a ton because this offense has not fit together the way I thought it would. I'll be honest. I was very high on the Jazz entering the season. I loved the addition of Mike Conley. I absolutely loved what he could bring to Utah. It hasn't worked out. He's never fit in in Utah so far. Maybe with this layoff that's been as long as, as each of the last three off seasons, actually longer than each of the last three off seasons, maybe this layoff can help him gel with the Jazz even more. Uh, but he never fit in there. He never provided to them what I thought he was going to provide to them. And, and Bogdanovich was their source of offense for a long time. Uh, Donovan Mitchell has looked great in the scrimmage season. We'll see if that can translate to the eight games. Uh, but he can't do it alone. Uh, you know, he, he really can't. This is not a team, uh, this current Thunder team is not a team that can get beat by one guy, uh, especially not one guy being Donovan Mitchell. Now, they can get beat by LeBron. They can get beat by Kawhi. Uh, but, but the one guy can't beat Donovan Mitchell the way it was two years ago. And another big question for the Jazz is, do you get good Rudy or do you get bad Rudy? Uh, so there's a lot of things to watch for with the Jazz. How does that offense look without Boyan? Because I think it's going to take a huge step back. And it was already not a good offense. So uh, a not a good offense loses their best offensive weapon, you can imagine what I think is going to happen to that team. And then Rudy Gobert has looked disengaged. He's looked disinterested. Uh, he hasn't wanted to be there this last half of the season, even before uh, the coronavirus scandal that, that seemingly tore the locker room apart. Uh, so what kind of Rudy Gobert are we going to get in Utah? Now, I picked him yesterday on the show to 
be the bounce back player in the bubble, to to have a resurgence inside the bubble. He wants to prove he can still be a, a quality player. He wants to put the negativity behind him, and the best way to do that is to perform on the court. So I think that we will get a good Rudy Gobert performance, to, uh, you know, Saturday. But there's still a question mark there. There is still a question mark there. And Mitchell's look good, but again, he can't beat you alone. How does Mike Conley fit in there? And I cannot stress enough the loss of Boyan Bogdanovich. I, I just truly cannot stress that enough. Let's move into the what to watch for. That was your game overview. Here's your what to watch for. And my number one thing to watch for tonight is Steven Adams. On, on Saturday afternoon, Steven Adams is going to be someone I'm keeping a close eye on. Because in this scrimmage, he's almost been too aggressive. You, you fed him the basketball time and time and time again. And in the scrimmage, he's almost looked too aggressive. And I will say, that could be the game plan. The game plan from Billy Donovan could have said, hey, look, Steven, you go out there. You get the basketball every possession in the first half. You get all of the work in. You get all the touches in. You, you just be aggressive as possible. Be selfish because I want to get you your touches before we take you out and don't play you in the second half. That could very well be what happened in those scrimmages. So we don't know the game plan for sure. But I do want to keep seeing the aggressiveness from Adams. I want him to balance that a little bit more than he did in the scrimmages. But if you get a stronger, healthier, and more aggressive Steven Adams that kind of changes the outlook on this team because two of those things have always been an issue with Adams. Uh, Late in the season, he hasn't been healthy these last couple of years, and he hasn't been aggressive. He hasn't used his strength to his advantage. Uh, He'll oftentimes be too selfless and and kick the ball out too much uh, and not not exploit matchups that you look at on paper and say he should exploit. Again, going back to last postseason, he should have dominated Enos Kanter. He should have absolutely dominated Enos Kanter. So, with, with his health now and uh, with seemingly a new confidence and a new level of aggressiveness, are we going to see that translate to real games? Because in the preseason, we always see him aggressive. We always see him uh, getting touches, and we always see him taking matchups and, and going right at people. That's a, that's a common theme in the preseason with him. So is this going to translate to these eight seeding games? I want to watch Steven Adams. Uh, my number two thing to watch for tonight – I keep saying tonight, it's of course Saturday afternoon. Number two thing to watch for on Saturday afternoon is the younger guys. Same type of thing. You've seen Diallo. You've seen Darius Baisley. You've seen Lou Dort. You've seen them be aggressive and confident in these three scrimmages. You've seen them not hesitate to take their shot. You've seen them drive to the rim with confidence. Can they do it when it matters? Can they do it when the lights are on? When something's attached to these games? I hate to keep harping on it, but people keep saying these eight seeding games will be an extension of the scrimmages. No, they won't. No, they won't. These games matter. The Thunder cannot travel to Orlando with the mindset of winning a championship, with the mindset of getting out of the first round, with the mindset of competing in the postseason, and view these eight games as throwaway games and slide to to play the Clippers. If you play the Clippers, it's over. If you play the Clippers, it's totally and absolutely over. So for the Thunder, these eight games matter a ton. And there's going to be that pressure there for the young guys. Can they stay aggressive? Can they stay confident? Because if you're going to get Lou Dort shooting 35% from three, if you're going to get Darius Baisley confident from beyond the arc and not hesitant, and then whatever Diallo can bring you, he's kind of a wild card to me. If, if you can get Dort and Baisley with confidence and swagger, that takes this team to a new level. It really does. It unlocks something in your offense. And I've predicted all month long that Lou Dort will take a step from beyond the arc. I've predicted all all 
month long that you look at his free throw percentage that usually translates to improving from beyond the arc. He's done it so far in the three scrimmages. Can he continue to do it in the eight games? And I want to see these young guys stay aggressive because you're going to have Rudy Gobert down there. And what happened the last time uh, that these teams matched up in the postseason and whenever these games had stakes on them, uh, you saw a Thunder team that was afraid to attack Rudy Gobert. Now, that was a long time ago. So are these young guys who weren't on the team back then, are they going to be able to take it right to Rudy Gobert? They took it to Hassan Whiteside, who, again, does not have the reputation of Rudy Gobert, but he's still one of the best rim protectors in the league whenever he's locked in. And they went right at his chest. Can they continue to do that with Rudy Gobert? Or are they going to be scared to drive in? How are they going to play out against Rudy Gobert, these young guys? Uh, another thing to watch for is Dre. When does he play? Where does he play? How long does he play? Those are the things I need answered uh, from Saturday and will get answered on Saturday. Uh, the when does he play is, of course, when do you feel comfortable putting him out there? Do you feel comfortable putting him, putting him out there on the same floor that has a Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell on the floor? Do you feel comfortable putting him out there in a position where he might get switched onto an explosive Donovan Mitchell, where he might need to guard Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell? Do you feel comfortable doing that? Does he play the four? This is the where does he play. Is he playing down low at the four or the five? A small ball lineup like that. Or do you trust him to go back to guarding wings and go back to guarding guards? Where does he play? And then, of course, how long does he play? How long can you get Andre into a meaningful basketball game where everyone's going to be going 100% because, again, the Jazz are not one of these teams that can take these seeding games lightly. They can fall from four to seven in a matter of eight games. These games matter for Utah. These games matter for Oklahoma City. And how long can Dre play in a game like this that has stakes attached to it and has things on the line for both teams? And both teams are going to be locked in. Both teams are going to be playing 100%. How long can Dre stay on the floor? And where does he play? And when does he play? So I'm really interested in watching Andre. Uh, Another thing you can throw in there is the shooting. Uh, Really, for me... I don't really care about the numbers, so to say. Now, again, I don't want him to go 0 for 5 from 3, but is he comfortable still? Is he still confident in his shot? Because in the scrimmages, he was launching threes. I mean, I can think of one time where he hesitated to shoot an open three. One time. Usually, you can think of five times in one game where he's hesitant to shoot a three throughout the length of his career. Throughout three games, I thought of one moment where he hesitated to shoot a three. What does he look like? on the floor, from beyond the arc. But my big thing is, is where does he play? I think I have a good gauge on how long he can play and, and, and when he can come into a game. Where does he play? Where do you feel comfortable putting Andre on the floor? Is he a power forward for this bubble? Uh, is, that, is that the length of his defensive ability inside the bubble? Which, if it is, that's totally fine. But I do want to monitor that as we move forward in this seeding game. Another thing to watch for is year three, Shea. And I, I've talked about this for this last two months and this last layoff period here. Um, but the offseason, this, this layoff has been longer than the last three. It's been longer than the last three off seasons, and we can see guys take that next step. And Shea is someone who has admitted he's played basketball the entire time. He's stayed in shape. He's been doing his workouts. He's been doing everything he needs to do to stay ready. Will we see another leap from Shea? And I think... Now, this is just speculation. I think that you can see on Saturday afternoon that he's going to have a little personal um, battle with Donovan Mitchell. He sees the headlines that Mitchell gets, and he thinks that he's just as good as Donovan Mitchell. Spoiler, I think he's just as good as Donovan Mitchell is. I think that right now they're the same level 
of player, and I think that I'd take Shea's upside than I would take uh, before I would take Donovan Mitchell. That's not to say Mitchell's a bad player. That's just how I view Shea. I would take Shea over Donovan Mitchell. So I think that this might be a little personal for him, might be a, a show-me game for Shea to show the world uh, that he is legit and that he's better than, uh, than Donovan Mitchell. And look, this game's at 2.30, but in the eyes of the NBA, for everyone who cares about the NBA, nationally, casual fans, if you care about the NBA, you're going to be watching at 2.30. This is, this is the game that's on at 2.30. So although it's not the 7 o'clock prime time, it's the best game in that time slot, and you're going to be watching it. Everyone's going to be watching it. So he really has a stage here, even though it's at 2.30, to show what he can do. One other thing to watch for is Terrence Ferguson. Is he healthy? Is he active on Saturday? And then is he in the rotation? Because we've all guessed that he's fallen out of that playoff rotation. When does he come in? When does he make his appearance known in these eight games. And is he healthy is the biggest thing because he did deal with that leg contusion against Portland. So is he back or not? After the break, we're going to wrap up the preview with the bet of the day and the Thunder Moneyball pick. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at MyBookie. Sports are back. I've been waiting for this day since March, and now it's finally here. I've only got one thing on my mind, and that's my bucky. My bucky is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped in to one. I love it, you love it, and that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up to the minute odds on all of your favorite teams, and with the Major League Baseball season right around the corner, it's never a bad time or a better time than now to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year? Be sure to check out MyBookie's World Series future bets. Nothing shows that you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season even begins. But why stop at baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. And in this case, that means basketball, hockey, and football. MyBookie is already accepting bets on your favorite NBA, NFL, and NHL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring those worlds of online sports betting than right now. Join today and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss in a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is use promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet. You win, they pay. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on Locked On Thunder, and it's time for the bet of the day. Today's bet of the day, let's bet on the Thunder game for Saturday afternoon, and this is easy money to me. To me, you have to go with the Oklahoma City Thunder minus one. All they got to do is win by two or more points, and you win the bet. I think the Thunder are a much better team than the Jazz. I really do. Without Boyan, uh, with the Conley not really fitting in there, with the uncertainty around Rudy Gobert, I don't like this Jazz team. I don't see how people keep buying in to the Jazz. I'm taking Thunder minus one in this game. They're going to win this game by at least two points. They're going to win this game on Saturday, and it's going to be an awesome game to watch. I also want to debut the Thunder Moneyball pick, and you you guys can play along with Thunder Moneyball, and we'll tally up how many games you can get right and I can get right. What this is is who is going to make the most threes this game? 
And if you listen to their games on the radio, you know that Matt Pinto always says, Chachinga Thunder Moneyball, anytime that the Thunders make a three-pointer. So that's where the segment came from, and we're going to try to guess who can make the most threes. I'm going to pick Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think he's going to hit a couple step-back threes that have us in awe. I think he's going to go off on Saturday. I'm picking him to lead the team in three-pointers. Again, send in your picks at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And we'll talk all about this game on Monday's show. But right now, let's transition into big picture Thunder basketball because we do have eight games coming up and these eight games do matter. So why not do some win-loss radio and send in your predictions because if you can guess every single game right, you will not only win the Lockdown Thunder contest, the first ever Locked on Thunder contest, but you'll win a special prize at the end of the seeding games. So be sure to send in your win-loss predictions for every single game before tip-off of, of Saturday's game. Send in your predictions, and then we will see how you fare. So I'll do mine right now. Saturday, I'm going to think that they're going to win against the Jazz again. I don't think the Jazz are a good team. They're going to start 1-0. They got revenge on their mind for that March game. And it's not necessarily because that they think that the Jazz ended the season. That's That's idiotic, I think. Uh, to believe that that's the angle there. I think the angle there is they played a heck of a game against Boston on that Sunday before uh, the Jazz game. And everyone, and I mean everyone, even nationally, predicted the Thunder to beat the Jazz that night and move up to that four seed. And I think that that still weighs on them. And and home court doesn't matter. Matchups do. Remember that. Whenever, whenever anyone tells you that these eight seeding games don't matter because there's no home court, remind them that matchups do matter. Matchups matter a ton in the postseason. In fact, that's the only thing that matters in the postseason is matchups. So these games are important. The Thunder will have a swagger about them. They're going to beat the Jazz. Now, let's move on to game two, and that's the Denver Nuggets. I don't like the Nuggets. I really don't. I'm interested to see what Slim Jokic looks like. I'm interested to see how these how these um, pieces come together in Denver. I think they win this game against Denver. I really do. I think they're going to beat Denver and go 2-0. and Now the Lakers. I, I don't know how to feel about the Lakers because this is this is the team that these eight games don't matter. So who are they playing in this game? They're going to have the one seed clinched by this time. By three games into the bubble, they're going to have the number, the number one seed in the West clinched where there's no chance that they can fall out of it. So who are they playing? How long are they playing them? It makes me want to lean win. It really does. But for some reason, I just feel like they're going to lose this game to the Lakers. And then you follow that up with playing the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think you're going to lose again. I think that the Thunder are going to lose to Memphis. They're going to have that two-day losing streak, that two-game losing streak, and people are going to freak out on Thunder Twitter a little bit. But I think that the Memphis Grizzlies are more motivated than the Thunder right now. They're trying to stave off a play-in series before they can get to the first round. They're trying to hold on to that eighth seed. I think that they're going to shock the Thunder. Now, I don't mean that the, I'm not predicting that the Thunder will come out ill-prepared. I think that that's not going to happen on a team that's led by Chris Paul. I just think that they're going to sleepwalk a little bit through that first half, and they're going to need one of those uh, precedent comebacks, one of those uh, patent comebacks, and it's just not going to happen for them against a scrappy, hungry Memphis squad. So I'm going to predict a loss there. Now the first and only back-to-back inside the bubble for the Thunder is going to be Wizards and Suns. The Wizards are a G League team right now. I think that the Thunder will, will rest Chris Paul. They're going to rest Gallo in this game because you look at that Wizards lineup. And they don't have Bradley Beal. They don't have John Wall, obviously. They don't have Thavis Bertans. 
they're not throwing anyone out there that can beat this Thunder team, even if they rest Chris Paul and Gallo. So give me the Thunder to beat the Wizards. And then the next night, they play the Suns, who in the three scrimmages, the Suns look really scrappy. The Suns look like a, like a quality team that can upset anyone at any time. And there's no way to me that they can climb up to that play-in game. I just think that there's just no shot. I know mathematically it's possible, and that's why they're there. But I don't think there's any realistic shot that they can do that. However, they can play spoiler. These matchups do matter, and if you drop a game, you shouldn't drop to the Suns, and that causes you to be the sixth seed, and you're playing Denver instead of playing Utah, or drops you to the seventh seed, and you're playing the Clippers instead of playing Denver. I mean, it is—it's a mess if you—if that happens. The Suns can put in. The Suns can play spoiler to somebody and have them looking at their playoff matchup. Uh, in disgust because if they would have had that Suns game back, they could have been elevated even further up the standings. Matchups do matter in the postseason. And then you have the Heat. You know, the Heat started strong this season. I really liked what I saw from the Heat at the early parts of the season. But as the season wore on, so did their young guys. Their young guys kind of hit that rookie wall, I think, uh, and kind of hit that inexperienced wall. Nothing feels right with the Heat to me anymore. I'm going to say that the Thunder win this game. And then I sound like a homer, but they're going to play the Clippers. And at this point, the Clippers will also have their seating uh, locked up at number two. They're going to have nothing to play for. They already load manage Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard as it is. And they're especially not going to try to play this last game of the year. The only way that the Thunder lose this last game of the year, uh, and, and I, my opinion changes on this game, is if the Clippers start slow and the Nuggets start fast and the Nuggets are right on the heels of the Clippers and the Clippers need this game for whatever the reason to remain at number two, I think then you could see Kawhi and Paul George play. But I, I still think that they're not going to play and that the, the Thunder will win. So I have them going with just two losses in these eight games and the losses being to the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Send in your predictions of what you think will happen inside the bubble and you can try to win the first ever Locked on Thunder Contest. I'll keep track of them. You don't need to do anything else except for a tweet at me who you think will win, uh, who, what games you think the Thunder will win, and what games you think the Thunder will lose. It ends before tip-off on Saturday. So up until tip-off, you can send them in on, in on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. If you do not have Twitter, email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. Uh, so you can go ahead and enter the contest that way as well. So let's go ahead and set new expectations for the Thunder. And I've done this before on this podcast, entering the scrimmages, and now we're doing it exiting the scrimmages and entering uh, the eight seeding games. And we might even do it once we have our, our playoff matchup. But the expectations for the Thunder, um, you shouldn't be afraid of them. Um, if Dennis Schroeder, now let's just say this right now, we're going to bank these expectations on Dennis missing one or even no playoff games. So anything more than a playoff game missed by Dennis uh, changes everything. Okay, but your expectation for this team should be the second round. I think the second round with Dennis Schroeder is the floor for this Thunder squad. And don't be scared of these expectations, folks. I mean, I understand where we were in August. I understand a year ago where you viewed this team. I really do. It's house money. This is an unexpected season, an unexpected ride. We weren't supposed to get here, but we're here. And at some point, you have to let this Thunder team show you who they are. You can't be scared of the expectations. The Thunder have shown us what kind of team they are. It doesn't matter what happened in August. Preseason opinions don't matter. You have the right to change your opinion. You don't need to stick by a wrong opinion. You just don't. You have the right to change your opinion. 
and it's time to change your opinion on this team. This team is no longer a scrappy Cinderella story. This team is no longer a, a team that lacks expectation. They have expectations for themselves. You should have expectations for them. And look, if, if they do not meet that expectation, if they do not meet that expectation of getting to the second round, it's not going to feel as, as devastating as it did the last two years. It's not going to feel as heartbreaking as it did the last two years. That's not what I'm saying. You don't need to hold them to a standard of winning a championship. And you don't need to feel the same amount of a connection and the same amount of regret if they don't reach the second round, but that should be the expectation. The expectation should be the second round. They've shown us who they are. This is the opposite of the last two years. So why do we not believe this Thunder team? The last two years, we had an expectation for them of reaching the Western Conference Finals. But yet, the last two years in the regular season, they showed us they're the sixth best team in the West. They're a bad basketball team. They're going to lose games they shouldn't lose. They're going to have a few flashes, but they're a bad basketball team. That's what they showed us the last two years. And yet we still bought in to them being a Western Conference Finals team. This Thunder team with Chris Paul and Shea, it lacks the star power of, of Russ and Paul George, but they've shown us they're a good basketball team. They've shown us they're a top four in the West basketball team. It's time to believe what they're showing us. It's time to embrace expectations. It's okay. And, and maybe you're not ready to be heard again like Michael Scott in the office, but the bottom line is, through the games that you played in the regular season and after these eight seeding games, they're going to continue to show us that they are a good team, that they're a quality basketball team that should win a first-round playoff series. And on this podcast, we've gone through every single possible matchup, and I've told you why I feel this way about every single possible first-round matchup. They're going to get out of the first round as long as Dennis Schroeder is only going to miss one playoff game or no playoff games. It's okay to embrace expectations. Again, you do not need to have the same heartache that you did. If this team loses in the first round, it will not feel the way it felt last year when Damian Lillard waved you off the floor. It's not going to feel the same way it felt when Ricky Rubio dominated Russell Westbrook two years ago. It's not going to feel that way. But it's okay to embrace expectations. They have expectations for themselves. I have expectations for them. They're going to be a second-round team. That's what they've shown us. And... People look at the preseason and you bought into Utah. You bought into Houston with the, with the reconnection of Russ and James Harden. You bought into those teams and you're afraid to let go. We have to take these teams for what they've shown us. And so far in the West, the Thunder have shown us that they are a second-round playoff team. What's the ceiling for this team? A Western Conference Finals because there is a way that they can beat the Lakers. But that's not the expectation. The expectation is to get out of the first round. And I've gone through every single first-round opponent on why I feel this way. After the break, we're going to talk about my top five games inside the Thunder Bubble. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Axios Today. Start your morning with the news that matters most in just 10 minutes. Axios Today hosts Nyla Badu and a team of award-winning journalists bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends that are shaping our world. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Folks, you need to enjoy these eight seeding games. You really do. And enjoy this postseason. And that's part of why you should set your expectations at a second round for this team. Because they're, they've shown us they're competitive. They've shown us that they're contenders. They've shown us that they're a good basketball team. So you need to enjoy these eight seeding games in this postseason because it could be your last run with a competitive basketball team for, for a few years. Now, we don't know that. Who knows what this offseason holds? And that's where Sam Presti holds all the cards on this city, on this state, on this organization. He holds all the cards because there is no wrong answer for Sam Presti. If you want to re-sign Gallo and keep Chris Paul and maybe add a veteran in free agency and, and try to make a run or use those 15 first-round picks to achieve something in the trade market, I think Thunder fans will be ecstatic with that. If you want to tank and, and, and sign and trade Gallo and trade away Chris Paul to Philadelphia, like I've said on this podcast, or New York, I think Thunder fans will be fine with that. The Thunder fans will be fine with tanking or not tanking, but one thing's for sure, nothing is for certain. Year in and year out for the last 10 years, 11 years, 12 years, you would know the Thunder are going to put on a competitive product. That is not a guarantee next year. That is not a guarantee next year. So embrace these eight games. Embrace this postseason. Embrace these expectations because it could be the first time uh, for a few years or the last time for a few years uh, before you can do that again. Now, Shea's going to be fun to watch next year if they do tank. Darius Baisley, it's going to be fun next year to watch if they do tank. Whoever you draft, it's going to be fun next year to watch if you do tank. They're not going to be competitive, though. This could be your last ride with a competitive team for a couple of years. So enjoy it. Enjoy these eight games. But before we get out of here, let's rank the top five games not related to Oklahoma City inside the bubble. Let's start number five and work our way up. Number five, I have Dallas first Clippers, 5.30 p.m. tip on August 6th. I want to see how Dallas stacks up against the Clippers because this is a possible first-round playoff matchup depending on how the seeding shakes out before August 6th. And there's, there's really two schools of thought with the Mavericks. There's one side that views Luka and KP as contenders right away in a dark horse to advance further than the second round. That's one school of thought. Another one is they've shown they're not a clutch team. They've shown they have a lot of holes in their roster. Uh, They've shown they can't win big games yet, and they're still young. And KP and Luka need that playoff experience. That's where I fall on the Dallas Mavericks, is that they're still young. And further than that, further than just the blanket statement of being young, this year they've shown they're a god-awful team in the clutch. And what happens in the postseason? You play closer games, you're in the clutch more often, and you need to be a good clutch team. The Mavericks are not that. But I want to see how they stack up with the Clippers. Again, this is going to be a huge asterisk, though, next to this game, because there's a, there's a chance the Clippers do not play Kawhi and Paul George. Number four, the 76ers and the Raptors. This game is at 5.30 on August 12th. Are the 76ers legit? To me, you heard yesterday, I picked the Raptors to win the NBA Finals. I'm all in on the Raptors. I love Nick Nurse. I like that roster. But people are still doubting the Raptors. They're still trying to find that new story. They're still trying to find that new storyline. Giannis. The 76ers and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Boston Celtics, for some reason. They're trying to find that new angle. How does the 76ers match up with the Raptors out east? And then also, as we talked about last week, a week ago, I was telling you that with this new model, this new shift with the 76ers moving to Shake Milton, at point guard, with this new philosophy they have of putting Ben Simmons at the, at the uh, four spot. If this 
translates in the regular season, if this translates against one of the best defensive teams in, in Toronto, if it performs well, then that can spell some good things for the Thunder. Uh, that can spell some really good things for the Thunder if you're trying to move Chris Paul this offseason uh, to a team like 76ers who would be desperate for a winner. They'd be desperate to improve their team because they feel like their chances now. They feel like their window is right now. And they want to capitalize on Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And a swap of Horford and Paul, along with some assets to Oklahoma City, would accomplish that. So this is a game I think that Thunder fans should watch. Number three, Rockets and Mavericks. Excuse me. Yeah, Rockets and Mavericks. <laughs> I was reading Raptors. Rockets and Mavericks, 8 p.m. tip tonight. This game is tonight. Eric Gordon is out for basically the entire seeding game schedule. Everyone, and I mean everyone, has bought in on the Rockets. Every single national pundit has bought in on the small ball Rockets with Chris, with uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. How do they look against the Mavericks? And without Eric Gordon. Because even if Eric Gordon can come back for the postseason, which I think that he will, he's going to be rusty. He was already rusty, you know, entering the scrimmages before his injury. Can he trust that ankle? Because ankle injuries tend to be nagging. How long can he play? How much can he play? So I think that life without Eric Gordon is going to be a a peek into what's going to happen in the postseason for the Rockets. I really do. So how do they match up with Dallas? Number two, the Celtics and Bucks at 530 tonight. Two big games tonight. You got the Rockets and Mavs, Celtics and Bucks. 530. Are the Celtics legit? Because people keep picking them. Keith Smith, who's been on this podcast before, picked them to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, a ton of people have picked them to go to the Eastern Conference Finals as well. Are they legit? Why are people picking them? What's up with Kimba? What can they do? How do they stack up against the Bucks? Because tonight the Bucks probably won't have Pat Connington and they won't have Eric Bledsoe. So if you cannot show your stripes tonight against the Bucks, I have a ton of question marks about the Celtics, more than I already do have. And then number one, I think will be everyone's number one, Grizzlies-Pelicans, August 3rd, Jaw versus Zion. We get to see that matchup. I can't wait for that game. I really can't. But this is going to be a fun experience inside the bubble. It's going to be my first time covering actual games and talking about Thunder uh, with games that actually matter. So I do appreciate everyone who's tuned into this show beforehand. It's one of the top shows on Apple Podcasts for the basketball charts. Uh, it's been received very well. I've gotten a ton of messages on Twitter from a lot of listeners. I appreciate that as well. Uh, the numbers are great. I appreciate all the support, and we finally have basketball here to talk about. The Thunder get underway tomorrow afternoon. I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome, and we'll be back on Monday to recap the Utah Jazz game and preview what's coming up for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.